With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. All right, Copes and Tolbert continue on. Talking a little Warriors basketball. And once again last night, Steph struggled, struggling, uh, struggled mightily in the first half, kind of came out of it. I think he had zero. That might be the second half of basketball he's had this year where he's had zero points or close to it. Uh, so my powers of deduction tell me. I think he had 18 uh, for the game. That would mean he had 18 in the second half. Uh, again, I, I'm not worried about Steph at all. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. If that is your biggest worry, Steph shooting, Struggling. then you have, you have no worries. Thank you. You have no worries. Don't worry about it. I mean, he's going to have games like this occasionally. Yeah. They happen. Again, I'll quote Steph, averages. That's why they call him averages you're going to have that's why they're called averages you're going to have uh uh you know a handful of games sometimes they come right together where you just you're off a little bit a little long a little short a little left a little right just not feeling quite right just that's just the way it is it happens so uh, might he be tired he might be might be a little uh a little tired but stuff will figure out a way can you tell that I mean, like, just I mean, yeah, just because you no, played. I mean, we don't know. No, guesses but, that. Because yeah, everybody's just like, oh, you're not shooting good. There's got to be a reason. Right. There's got to be a reason. And guess what? Sometimes there isn't a reason. Because I think Steph shoots, what, 41 42% from three. Again, he's not going to shoot 42% every game from three. That's not the way this works. They're called averages. <laughs> Thank you. you That's why they're called averages. And lows. Probably most games, he'll be right around that 40% mark. But then some he'll be 50, 52, 28, 25. I mean, it just, it, it's the way it works. So, no, I'm, I'm not worried at all. And if there comes a time where Steve's – I don't even know what I'm thinking. Steve's not going to go, oh, you're too tired. Let's rest you. Steph ain't going to Steve and going, I'm, I'm tired. I need a break. Not at this time of the season. You grind through it. It's not like Steph hasn't been through this time of season before. And has been tired. Everybody's tired at this time. Your legs are a little heavier at this time. Uh, but I again, this is something that is doesn't even register for me. It's a zero point zero. It's a Blutarski. It's nothing. It, I don't worry about Steph shooting at all. The greatest shooter of all time, and I'm not. I don't. I. I, I don't even think about it. He, he, I, I, I'm still shocked when he misses. Steph's one of the few guys that I've ever seen play that every time he shoots it and he's open, I'm surprised he missed. Yeah. Like every single time. It's like when Lindsey oh, gave him a home run, I'd always be shocked. I was like, really? Yeah, that, just, that happens? It doesn't happen. Yeah. It just does not happen. So when he does, you're like, oh, my gosh. And then I understand that people think there's a reason for everything. Sometimes there's not a reason. Sometimes... It just happens. So I know that's not fun to write about or talk about because, well, you can't really, you can't really write an article on that, and you can't talk about it for too long, right? You can't get into the technical, and people wouldn't even know anyway uh, if someone was tired. What that would do to your jack? Like somebody will miss like three shots short, and they'll just go, "Oh, he's tired." Like, wait, wait, maybe he's just short. Maybe his sights are off a little bit. I've had that happen before. You're not tired. You just you're not getting. You know, your follow through might not be right. Maybe you're not getting the uh, the bounce on your legs, not because you're tired. You're just not getting the bounce. And you go, like, okay, let me think about this. You figure it out, or you see it on film sometime. But again, there's there's not a there is not a reason for everything. And for me, even if there was an issue, Steph ain't saying it. And I I, I tomorrow, does anybody think he's going to go four for sixteen from three tomorrow? That's still the most unlikely of it's still the most unlikely of scenarios. Even yeah. after even after his current, do you know what the stretch is that he's in right now? In his last fifty-four, it's been it's oh, I, I, three games, fifty-four 54, shots. Four, I would say he's probably shooting. 
probably close to thirty percent. That's why they're called there. average. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess how about seventeen for fifty. You nailed it, my man. Exactly, seventeen. Seventeen for okay. fifty-four in his last three games is where yeah. Steph is. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe there is some fatigue. I imagine everybody's got fatigue. It's like they say in, in a in a football season. Yeah, week fifteen, everybody's hurt. Nobody's yep. healthy at that point. Everyone's banged up. Steve's got a, or Steph's got a lot of miles on those legs. Do you think? Do you think we could see more? I'm guessing because we talked about the health and because of what we've seen from Moody. Now Chris Paul is back. Do you think we could see a little bit of, of uh, a few minutes taken away from Steph, given to Chris Paul, just to ease some of that a little bit? Do you think we could see some tinkering? I guess. So I'm getting out here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that that's definitely possible. He, I'm sure Steve would feel a lot more comfortable having Steph or uh, Chris, Chris Paul, Paul there. out there running the show. Sure. Uh, and giving Steph a couple minutes, but I mean, it, it's still the thing is. He's going to do what he thinks he needs to do to win that game that night. This is not a we're in uh, in December here and we could afford to slash a few minutes here or there. Like you're, you're just trying to win that game and then you'll worry about the next game, the next game. And maybe he you know gets up 14-15 against a team that he thinks, okay, we should win this game. Maybe I can ease back on him a little bit. Instead of bringing him back with eight minutes, I can bring him back with six minutes or five minutes, you know, give him an extra two or three here or there. I'm not saying that's not possible because I think it is, but I'm, he's not going to do that against a team that, you know, let's say it's a pick em game or something like that, like they're equals, and it's a big game in the standings playing New Orleans or playing uh, Dallas or, or whoever. Uh, th- those are going to be like, hey, this playoff type stuff. We need to win this game. We can't be dropping these games. So again, you just figure it out, deal with it, and and Steph. Well, it's not that they're not the first time Steph's gone through a little slump. In fact, he had one earlier this year. Uh, so it, it can happen, and you just you get through it. And again, I have no doubt that he will get through it. No, even if if, if it is a little bit of fatigue, he'll figure out a way. Oh, yo, he always does. Always does every time. I try. I, there's no doubt. I have 100% trust in Steph's ability to shoot the basketball and score. Period. How you liking that second unit though with Clay and CP3? I like it. It looks I, good. I do. I, li- I like it a lot. Uh, it, it, it's you know I like when they have uh, TJD out there because it gives them a lob threat yep. uh, for Chris running pick and rolls and stuff like that. Uh, and you have Chris Paul, who can shoot it, doesn't really want to, but if you leave him open, here in the highlights, he'll drill him for you. And then Clay out there can kind of be the the number one option on on the second unit, and I think no doubt that appeals appeals to him. Now there comes some responsibility with that too. You can't just go out there and say, "Hey, I'm going to be out here for seven minutes. Let me get shots up." It can't be like that, and it hasn't been, I don't think. But I think it works together. Like, the pieces kind of complement one another out there. So, no, I do like that second unit. Uh, yeah, it looked good. It looks potent. It looks like a unit that can you can put well, out there. Everybody looks good against the Wizards. No, but I mean, like, it, it looks like a unit. When you see the guys out there, and to your, to your point about the roles they're playing, it looks like a unit that's not going to allow 15-point leads to just disintegrate like it did early in the year because Steph's not out there. And that's what we saw a lot of early in the season. And because yeah. there's been, he's had to tinker, and then he hasn't had the health. It's been wildly inconsistent for a while. It's like, who is the starting lineup when yeah. healthy? Because we just didn't know. Then well, Draymond was gone. And now it seems like when guys have roles, you can find success. I think what's been interesting with this team at points this year, and it's hard to really draw any conclusions because, again, the starting five hasn't been together uh, a lot this year. But interestingly enough, You'll get gains where the starting five is in the negatives as far as plus minus, and the bench is the one that pulls them back into it. Like the bench, the Warriors bench has held his own, or or more so than that, maybe even convincingly won against the other team's bench. But the starters aren't holding up their end of the bargain sometimes, which is interesting because the starters always held up their end of the bargain. And then the bench was usually the one where, you know, how many times did we talk about this a few years ago? Uh, Lakers, or Lakers, Warriors have a 12-point lead, Steph comes out, now it's a two-point lead. Or Warriors have a five-point lead, Steph comes out, now it's a four-point deficit. Where, you know, Steph would be plus 12 and the Warriors would lose by five. So they'd lose those non-Steph minutes by 17 points. Well, a lot of times now, the bench is like having to having to kind of get back into the game, and they've done a nice job of it. 
Starters need to be better, more consistent, uh, more consistency, and more consistently better uh, than they have been this year. And I, I do. I like the composition of the starting unit. I think uh, Pajemski gives him some more bounce. Uh, he's so different than Clay, where Clay is like an ultimate, just an ultimate sniper, and used to be one of the best defenders at two guard. He's not that anymore. And Pajemski's not a great defender. But he is a good team defender. Takes, I mean, the guy takes. I mean, he's he, just start calling him charge. That's what he is. Like if I'm driving a lane and I see Pajemski, I'm like, okay, let me just pull up here because I'm gonna end up running over this dude because he has a knack for getting to the spot, beating you to the spot, and then holding that spot. But he's more of a playmaker than Clay. Uh, he's a, much more of an offensive rebounder than Clay. I mean, again, he is a great. <laughs> I'm not just throwing that word out there. He is a great offensive Tony the Tiger? Yeah. For an off guard. He, yes, he is awesome. Like, he, he is so good. I, I should look at that, see all the off guards in the league, and then if there are guys that average more offensive rebounds uh, or have a higher offensive rebounding percentage than Pajemski, I'd like to see how tall they are. Because Pajemski's not, he's like he's six, not even five, that tall. He's like 6'4". Yeah, yeah. not even that tall. He's a guard. And he's just a monster offensive rebounder. So he gives you that. He gives you, you know, extra possessions and stuff like that. No, he hit a three. He doesn't. He doesn't look to take a lot of them, uh, but he likes to penetrate and kick and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I just, I do. I like the way the team's fitting together. Absolutely. Tolbert and Copes with you on a Wednesday. We are going to catch up with Travis Schlenk at three fifty. Head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, joined us for his weekly conversation at four fifty. Still got a sound soiree coming your way, but after, uh, we'll do that in just a bit. Let me ask you this: How many teams that have been competitive in? I don't know, NBA history, can you remember, that had two Hall of Famers willingly coming off the bench? Talk a bit about that and what the future of Clay Thompson mm. holds next, only here on the Sports Leader. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Tolbert and Combs with you Wednesday afternoon. I was going to say last day of February, but it's not. Uh, Tom's got a Tom's got a, a, a leap baby in the house, right? Correct, a leapling. A leapling. So she'll be. Will she be one technically? Then tomorrow is her birthday. Technically, she She's will be four, one. But she'll be one. Yeah. Tomorrow. Pretty cool. Yeah, her first. It's her first birthday. Camilla. That's pretty cool. Good for her. Yep. That's a that's a cool uh, cool unique little. Uh, that's something hardly anybody has. The February 29th birthday, born in uh, in twenty twenty. So pretty cool. She's uh, getting ready for her fourth or first birthday. Uh, Clay Thompson. Mm. What do you have? His fourth game off the bench. Fifth game off the bench. Something like that. In there, uh, right. uh, he's looked pretty good, man. 20 more points for him, 25 actually last night off the bench. Uh, another 20 point performance. Bobby Marks was on with uh, Murph and Marcus today. We'll get back to the question I asked you in just a minute. But Bobby Marks, our ESPN front office insider for the NBA, it's now starting to be talked about more because we're like, man, that, that deal Clay turned out at the start of the year wasn't is not looking good, right? When he got mm-hmm. relegated to the bench, and now it's like. He's coming in off the bench, and I have expectations. I expect him to come in and kind of do what he's been doing. It's it's becoming a normal thing in his attitude, the way he's carrying himself. It feels mm-hmm. like a different guy than we've seen over the last year. Not even this season, really like over the last year or so when Clay has not been performing well. So the question is, what kind of contract is he looking at? Here's what Bobby Marks had to say. If you're playing like a six-man, do you end up getting paid like a six-man? Here he is. Listen, you know, it's been an up-and-down year. He uh, certainly found his role, I think, coming off the bench. I always say it doesn't matter who starts, no matter who finishes and how productive you can be. Um, and, you know, listen, you're not going to pay Clay for what he did in the past. I always say when you're, when you're looking at new contracts or extensions, teams get in trouble because you're rewarding a guy for what he's done in the past and not what the future can hold. Um, so I think you have to kind of find that, that, that fine line as far as 
Is it 24? Is it $25 million? It's not, it's not $35 million. It's not $36 million. It's not four years anymore here. You know, is it two for 50? Is it three for 60? Is it somewhere like that? And I know people are like, you know, where, you know, who are we bidding against here? But I do think there has to be the respect factor in it as far as, um, you know, as far as, you know, what he has done, as I said, and, and, and as, as far as, you know, what the future is going to hold here. So there, there's got to be a, there's got to be a, you know, that, that fine line as far as, you know, you know, cause if he leaves, you know, you're basically left with the, whatever the $12.9 million, you know, non-tax mid level exception to replace him. So um, that's going to be interesting here, but, you know, I think you, you should be encouraged as far as how well he's played, um, you know, certainly as of late. It's an interesting conversation to have because it's, it's, if you bring him back, what are you bringing him back to do? You know, so I'm okay with the logic that you're not paying him on what he's done in the past, mm-hmm. which they say, but you kind of are, especially with a guy like Clay Thompson who has some, like you're going to give, if, if this were a one-off year for a player or this was the end of a two-year deal, this was the Dante DiVincenzo season. You know what I mean? You're not, this isn't, it doesn't have the same conversation at the end of the year. It might be, yeah, if he's a fit, sure, let's bring him back, but let's see what else is out there. With Clay, you have the conversation. Because I think they want him here if if he can perform and help them. But I think it's got to be at the right tag and it's got to be at the right role. What is Clay looking for and does he see this as an opportunity to go get another starting job? Because it could mean starting money's out there. Yeah, I mean, could be. Hey, I, I like the fact that he mentioned the respect factor too. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you're not going to try to undercut him for. I mean, look what he's meant to. That's this what team. I mean. This, right. He's an all-time. I mean, he's an all-time warrior. And again, if they start putting statues out there, he'll be one of them. Uh, he was a massive, massive part of their dynasty. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. If he keeps playing like this, and look, the arrow keeps pointing up. So he doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I think he was thinking about that maybe throughout the early part of the season. And if he just, you know what, let me just go play. Everything's going to take care of itself. It's not that big a deal. I'll just go, go, go do what I do, and we'll see where it, uh, where it ends up. I have this, I thought uh, uh, R.C., the great R.C. Davis just sent me this. Because I asked what uh, how Sarge did uh, with or without uh, Chris Paul. Without Chris Paul, he averaged seven points a game. Okay, Sarge 44, did. Yeah, Sarge. 44.9 uh, from the field, 36.5 from three. Uh, 4.1 rebounds, 3.2 assists in about 17 minutes per game. And that's 22 appearances. With Chris Paul, 33 appearances. Uh, averaged three and a half more points a game, 10.4, 47.8 from the field. So shot 3% higher, uh, 4% more from three shot 40% from three, uh, a rebound and a half more. And if you were a, a couple fewer assists, that was in 20 minutes a game and 33 appearances. So he, he does shoot better. He does play better. When Chris Paul is out there, hey, thanks, so, RC. That's a good note. Yeah, thank you, That's RC. So that will be definitely be something that uh, keep keep an eye on going forward. Uh, but yeah, Clay doesn't need to worry about that stuff. Just play, and he'll get. He's not going to get the money I think he wants. Like if he thinks he's getting thirty five, forty, that ain't happening. The Warriors aren't doing it, and there's nobody out there. That's doing it. They're just not going to do it with the inconsistencies he's had this year and the injuries that he's had. So, look, those days are over, and it's fine. I mean, you're going to get paid probably still twenty twenty five a year. It's just not, you know, again, that's not a ton of money. And I know what you're thinking. Of course it is. Well, yeah, in the real world, it's massive amounts of money. But, you know, you're, you're getting guys that are making 60, 70 now. So oh. they, 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 you, relative to that, it's not uh, what you think it is. So, you know, that's your ego has to take a little bit of a hit. And you're like, okay, screw it. I still want to play ball. I still love doing it. I'm going to make a great living doing it. Now, where do I want to be? Uh, lifestyle, uh, equity, uh, familiarity, friendships. All that. I mean, the Warriors have all of that, hands down, all of that. Now, you mentioned it. The rub is what if somebody comes in and says, hey, we want you to start for us? What if somebody needs an off guard and they're like, hey, we want you to start not 35 minutes a game, be 28 minutes a game, but we need a starter. We need a mentor. We have a younger team. Uh, maybe like a pacer squad. Could somebody give them and, three years? Yeah, could somebody yeah, give them like maybe, a three-year deal? At, maybe, like, they do, maybe they do. Maybe a team that has a bunch of cap space and says, you know what, this is what we need. We want that championship pedigree got in, the, in the building. We need that. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, look, the Warriors, I, I, he wants to stay. Like, he loves this area. He got his boat. 
you know, just cruising around the bay. He's a bay yacht, uh, yeah. He just that that just it it it's just a perfect fit. Uh, so, and he said before he wants to stay here. So I think if he keeps playing well, and especially if the attitude is what it's been. Like just positive, upbeat. Let's and he's, you know everyone's gonna have their like kind of downer moments, but again, he just there are way too many of those uh, throughout the course of the first half of the season, uh, where it's just kind of like I said, sulking, pouting on the bench, stuff like that. You can't have that because you don't want to pay a guy to do that and then have to deal with that for like another two or three years. It's got to be like, look, this is your role, and I think it's got to be well defined. Like this is how we see you for the next few years. This is what we need you to do. Are you good with that? Can you be fine with that? Don't expect any more because this is what it's going to be. Cool. Okay. You know, if you're not good with that, then, you know, go go find somewhere else where you could have a different role. Uh, and, again, it'll be totally different. The only other team you've played for is, well, nobody. So it'll be a totally different experience. It's not going to be the Bay. Uh, so I, I just, he's got to stay. It just, I think when they both think about it, when Clay thinks about it, the money thing isn't so much the money thing. And here's what the money thing represents to athletes. Respect. Mm -hmm. It's like when guys get paid, uh, I think I remember who was it. They got paid like $3 million in baseball. It was like a massive deal. I it's like late 80s, early 90s, something like that. And then some guy just wanted $3 million and won. It's going to be $3 million and $1. Why? Why do you need the extra buck? Why was Reggie, was it not Reggie Jackson? It may have been. I don't remember. It may have been the extra, but it's not the extra buck. Like if you if you're going, what are you talking about? An extra buck? You know what that buck means to them? I get paid more than that guy. It's like a respect. It's just a respect thing. So from Clay's standpoint, it's like I still think I can play in this game. I'm as good as this guy. He's getting forty million. Why am I only getting twenty? Well, that's just sorry. That's the way it is right now. That's just that's just the way it is. So again, for these guys that are like Hall of Fame type players. A lot of it is just taking a big swallow and saying, "Pride, I gotta, I gotta get rid of you. I, I can't hold on to this because if I do, then I'm gonna be bitter. They only offered me this, and now I'm here, but I'm not happy. I'm here because they screwed me over. You'll be every time you look at the ownership, you're like, oh, they screwed me. No, just accept that that's where I'm at in my career right now, and I'm good with that. I'm good. Let's go. Not worried about the money anymore. I'm not worried about how much. It, let's just go ball. I got my buddies here." My coach here, uh, love the organization. We've won here. They're going to be uh, doing 30 for 30s on this uh, Warriors uh, run of 10 years. And you are a massive part of that, a massive part of that. So I just, it's hard for me to envision him in any other uniform. Even like the Kings, like, right, where Mike Brown's coaching, it's only 90 miles away. Uh, I mean, I could see them saying, you know, could, could, could we have Clay start over Herder? Yeah, you could see that. Absolutely, you could see that familiarity, but it's still it's not the Bay, it's not Steve, it's not the Warriors. So I just again, if he doesn't come back, I would be like jaw drop. Like wow, Clay went somewhere else because I just don't. I don't see it. Uh, before we get out of here, Bobby Marks is going to excuse me, Bobby Marks. We just played the Bobby Marks sound. Travis Schlenk, the VP of Player Personnel and former Warrior uh, for the Washington Wizards and former Warriors assistant general manager. We'll join us in just a few minutes here. And then uh, Steve Kerr at 450. Uh, but I asked you this before. Is there another team you can think of that's been competitive in recent – I mean, not even in recent, NBA history with two – like I was thinking Hall of Famers would come off the bench. Yeah, Chris Paul and Clay Thompson bona fide absolutely without a doubt Hall of Famers, right? The only I mean, guys – maybe there's Celtics-Lakers teams. That's, that's where like I was going. Like Bill 80s? Walton – is there another one in the Bill Walton years? Oh man! Because Bill was a, he's a Hall of Famer and went to the bench. Yeah, oh yeah, he's an absolute right? Hall of Famer. So I, like, it, that's it and just, Lakers had McAdoo. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. And I'm trying to think other than McAdoo if they had somebody, somebody else that came off the bench for that. That's a good question though. Who had two Hall of Famers coming off the bench for? Well, I mean, the the Celtics always had uh, Havlicek coming off the bench, and he's a Hall of Famer. So I don't know who else was on that team that came off the. The bench, maybe that Sixers team of the early '80s that was completely stacked. Kevin McHale was he off the bench? Man, I thought McHale started. He was. He did start sometimes, but he could. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he started that year, but he could have come off the bench, and that's obviously, you know, Walton and McHale would be bang bang Hall of Famers. So, 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a definite possibility because he was a six man uh, for a long time, and then he and they inserted him into the starting starting rotation. So yeah, I don't know, but that's a good that's a good call, Michaela Walton. Tim says the O three Lakers or whatever with Peyton and Malone. I was like, both those guys started. Devin George was the small forward. Kobe, yeah, they started. Kobe, Shaq, Malone, and Gary Payton. They didn't bring them in to sit on the bench. They went to the finals. Yeah. How many games the they start that year, Tim? Yeah, no. Pistons, Pistons, beat Pistons now. Yeah, Pistons beat them, but they didn't have they had one Hall of Famer starting lineup. It was on Ben Wallace. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> how about how about is Manu Ginobili? Yeah, he came off the bench. So do they have another bench? Uh, but I don't Steve, think so. Steve, Steve Kerr. <laughs> Steve Kerr and Ginobili off the well, bench. Well, there you go. When there he makes go. it, then he can say yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the one we've got so far, Steve <laughs> Kerr and Manu Ginobili. And, of course, Tim's Lakers. From i got to check one of those Lakers teams when McAdoo was there. Because McAdoo, is, I, 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 he's an, a, a Hall of Famer. But I don't know if they had another Hall of Famer. Like, I'm not sure if he was there. Horace Grant? Maybe 1984. No, Horace Grant started yeah. for the Bulls. And the magicians too. I don't even. Uh, yeah, and the magicians. I don't know if Horace, Horace Grant's on the Hall of Famer though. No, he's not. I don't know why you entertained it. I just let you go. Well, I uh, thought you said Horace Grant. Did I, I did. Why, why Tim, did I, I didn't. It's all Tim's fault. He whispered in my ear. Keep the goggles. All that bitch. Uh, Derek. Oh. Thank you. No, it's don't all you. Dare. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> Come on, Tim. Uh, it's Holbert and Coast with you on a Wednesday. How about this? We'll catch up with Travis Schlenk, one of your buddies, former assistant GM of the Warriors, current VP of Player Personnel for the Wizards, and then Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors and former magician, joins us at 4.50. It's Tolbert and Copes only here on the Sports Leader. Jesus Christ, Tim. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Adam Copeland, Tom Tolbert with you. Always fun to catch up with our next guest. He is the VP of Player Personnel for the Washington Wizards, friend of mine, Travis Schlank. Trav, what is going on? Tommy T, how are you, sir? Tremendous. Yourself? I'm doing well. It's been a while. It has been a while. So It's been so long. When Danny came to, uh, was with the Hawks, came to visit, uh, dunked in the, uh, the booth there. Uh, I said, uh, when's the last time you seen uh, Trav? He goes, I don't know. He's in Washington. I go, well, when did that happen? So that's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that happens in professional sports. <laughs> you get when jobs, did... you lose jobs. You move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business. Oh, you know, that's a business, part. Travis. Uh, I mean, you could have dropped me a postcard or something. You, you just go to Washington. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea you changed locations. When did, when, when did yeah. that happen, by the way? Um, I, Lana and I departed, uh, last December. So about a year and a half ago, we, uh, parted ways. And then I joined the Wizards, um, uh, when did I join? The first of June, I think was my official start day with them. After, uh, Michael Winger got the president's job, he brought me on and, um, I've been there ever since. Well, I've been really out of the loop. Holy cow. <laughs> December like, last year, dude. I thought it'd be like a few months. Come on, bro. Jeez. I, mean, I, I, think I, it, I, think it, I think it made hoops hype, Tommy, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't renew my subscription. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh... It's free. Thank you. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> Tom reads Beckett, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I look, I want to ask you about some things that are going on in the league, but uh, as far as the Wizards are concerned, is that something that – kind of appeals to you because, look, you don't need me to sugarcoat it. That team needs an overhaul right now and needs to start moving in a different direction. But you did that with Atlanta as well. That team wasn't in great shape when you took over Atlanta and you turned it around and, and made it a viable team and now competing for the playoffs. In fact, when you were, you were there, you went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the, 
the Bucks. Is that something that appeals to you? Like kind of going from the I won't say ground up, but a team that's that needs a, a, a little TLC, shall we say, to kind of get them going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what appeals to all of us when you you work in the business that I work at, even even in the Warriors. Like my first draft when they moved me from the coaching side to the front office side in Golden State, that was the year that we drafted Steph. So I've been very fortunate and very lucky um, to be a part of that run that we had in Golden State. You know, we obviously weren't great for all those years between the run TMC years. We did have the yeah. – the one year with Nelly, uh, the We Believe Wars. But other than that, you know, there were, there were a lot of lean years. Um, uh, and then, you know, I got fortunate enough when Larry Riley became the GM, he brought me from the coaching side to the front office, and we were able to set the framework what became, you know, the the Golden State Wars that everyone knows today. Um, but before then, uh, honestly, if you had asked me, even in the early 2000s when I first started working the NBA, I could have told you the Golden State Warriors played in Oakland. <laughs> like, I would have had yeah. no idea. <laughs> but now I think everybody knows that, you know, they went from Oakland to San Francisco, around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And same thing in Atlanta. You know, I got here, they'd been really successful, you know, 10 straight years in the playoffs when I got here. But, you know, they were older. They went from 60 wins to 48 wins to 42 wins and it just felt like the right time to kind of hit the reset button and start mm -hmm. over and you know same thing with Washington when I well Michael got hired there and he brought me in you know we kind of looked at it and you know they they've had a lot of success as far as you know getting in the playoffs they ran into the Cavaliers and LeBron James I think for yep. years they lost to the Hawks a couple years in the playoffs but they had a long run of getting to the playoffs but not really having any deep success and getting the second round a few times. And, you know, we had Bradley Bill, um, you know, who's a very good player but had a big contract. And, you know, we decided it was time to kind of hit the reset button and, and start from scratch. So, you know, like I said, we love to put our own, quote, unquote, fingerprints on the organization. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. you know, best way to do that is through the draft. Give me your thoughts right now on Jordan Poole and where he is in, in his development because obviously – he, in, in my eyes, I haven't watched as many Wizards games, obviously, as you have. Uh, you watch them all. So where is he at, and what does he need to do to take kind of that step forward? I know it's tougher for him this year. The surrounding cast isn't what it is, and the expectations aren't what they were. Uh, but you got to find a way to still compete and get after it, even though, you know, it's a tough road, and you look at your standings and the records, and, you know, it's not fun. But you got to figure out a way to kind of bring it every night, and it's easier said than it is done. But where are you at with him, and and kind of where he's at this year, and and maybe what you'd love to see, what you've liked from him this year, and what you'd love to see more from him going forward. Well, so after the All Star break, we kind of made the decision internally that we were going to turn him into the six man role. So the first half mm -hmm. of the season, we started him, and kind of what you said, um, you know, in Golden State, he wasn't the top name on anybody's scouting report yeah. not that he wasn't somebody that people worried about he could go out and have a big game as you guys all know at any yeah. moment but when you're playing next to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and like those guys grabbed the headlines on the other team's locker room board yeah. uh, and then he came here all of a sudden he was the top line and that's an adjustment for guys so quite frankly there's no sugar corn he struggled at the beginning of the year with that role and he's admitted that publicly um so we made the decision now we think that he's going to be most successful for us um coming off that role as the sixth man and just like come in you've got the ball in your hands he's best when he's got the ball in his hands and when he's got it going he can be he can be deadly as you know all the mm -hmm. fans out there know in golden state like when he's got it going he's he's an exciting player so we want to give him that freedom kind of free him up where he's not doesn't have so much on his plate where he can go out there, play free, be exciting, and be instant offense for us. And that's kind of what we've done. And he's he's actually, I think, four games into it since the All-Star break. And three of those four games, he's played really, really well. Um, so we're hoping that we've found something that we can help him and help our franchise move forward with. Voice here yeah. is uh, Travis Schlank, the uh, former Warriors assistant general manager, the current VP of player personnel for the Washington Wizards. Uh, I wanted to ask you, it's a good transition here into the, the six-man role for Clay Thompson. Five games now, he's come off the bench for the Warriors. He's had over 20 in uh, in three of them. He had 35 in the game against Utah before the break. What do you make of his new role and, and how he's performed at this point in his career? I think it's been a, a it's an impressive adjustment, I think, over the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, um, you know, I go back to think about Clay when after we drafted him and he was coming off the bench uh, when Mark was a coach. And, you know, he would have a first half where he'd be just abysmal. He'd be over seven. And then he'd come out in the second half and all of a sudden he'd be seven for eight. Like Clay's just one of those guys where I don't think it really matters whether he's coming off the bench or starting. Like he's, he's always ready to shoot. Um, I think – you know, from everything I've read, that he's embracing that role there. And as you said, I just watched, you know, the game that you guys played us, I guess it was last night that we played you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's, he did a great job in that role. So you have a player of that caliber coming off the bench that accepts that and can come in and change the game. And I think a lot of times, and Tom, I don't know that you ever had to come off the bench in your career. You were kind of cemented as a starter from day yeah, one. But, yeah, yeah, you know, no doubt. You know, yeah, I showed up to camp, and I knew I knew where I was slotted. Travis, you couldn't even get that out, dude. Oh. You started laughing before you were done talking. Come on, bro. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, but you know, all of a sudden you're playing against backups, and then that's not a disrespect. If you're NBA, you're a really good basketball player. But if you're, there, you know, there's there is a difference, you know, between the starting group and the reserve group. That's why that's there. And so if you're a, a really talented offensive player, now you don't have the other team's best defensive player guarding you because they've already come out of the game like that's an advantage um you know i think about all those years mono ginobili you know who's one of the best players in the league you know he's come off the bench and he won championships and had great success so understanding that this is what's best for the team i mean when i was in golden state you know we went through this with andre you know we signed andre to a big free agent deal we brought him in and you know after his second year he comes off the bench and he accepted that role, and, you know, look what it led to. So, It's funny, Trav, uh, that you mentioned that because when I was starting for the Warriors, we drafted Tyrone Hill, who was a power forward, and Nelly thought he would play better uh, in the starting uh, unit and me coming off the bench. So he actually brought me uh, into his office and said, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm, I'm going to start Tyrone and bring you and bring you off the bench, and I just want to let you know that. And I looked at him and said, yeah, is that it? I go. I'm good with that. Just as long as I'm playing. <laughs> like I was just happy to be getting minutes. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm good. You, you, you bring me off the bench. Fantastic. It's great. Don't worry no about it. Slip. We're all good. <laughs> no pink yeah. Can you imagine me giving Nelly attitude? Like, what? Were you kidding me? What do you mean bringing me off the bench? That's bullcrap. Yeah, right. <laughs> That wasn't going to happen. He would have cut me off. He wouldn't have given me any Bud Lights at the end of the game. So I was like, of course. You bring me off the bench if you, uh, if you want to. Uh, for someone that drafted, uh, part of the team that drafted Steph, and watched him kind of to where he is now, and knowing that what he is now, and we kind of knew that in 15 when he it just, I mean, even in 14 when you guys lost to the Spurs, you can kind of see it coming that year. But was there something you look back on now in his early years, like two or three years in the NBA, first two or three years that you maybe didn't pay much attention to then or kind of resonates more now when you look at who he is. And, I mean, we're talking about an iconic player, Hall of Famer, you know, top 10, 15, 20, whatever. Like, I'm sure you guys didn't think he was going to be that. But would do you look back now and go, oh, yeah, I mean, maybe – Maybe maybe if I'd have been looking, I could have you know you you could see something like that, or there was something there. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it's breaking news right here on your radio show, but I am more than positive nobody that was in our draft room thought that he was going to end up being easily <laughs> one of the top ten players in the history of the NBA, yes. and arguably one of the top five best players in the history of the NBA. Like I can promise you. If anybody says they knew that, they're lying to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, you know, early on is just how hard he worked. You know, he came in, um, he was, you know, skinny, but he always showed up and he worked hard every day. Um, uh, and this is after the time frame that you – um, alluded to, but after we won our first championship in 15 and he won mm-hmm. the MVP in 15, he was coming in to our practice facility every day with like six guys to rebound for him. He had the mask on his face that was supposed to simulate high altitude trading. And he was doing that twice a day. He'd come in early in the morning, get his workout in, work out for a couple hours, go play his golf, come back and work in at night. 
And to me, that just let me know that there's a guy that understands that he just won an NBA championship, won MVP, and he knew everybody in the league was going to be gunning for him, and he had to be better because he was going to get a better effort every single night than he got the year before after winning MVP. Um, and that's that's rare for guys like yeah. to under have the ability to understand that you know listen he's think I, I've got my money I've got my contract I got my championship but he knew and there's that drive with inside I have to be better I'm not going to be able to maintain it and once you get a guy with that mentality obviously with that skill set that that's when you know you have something special and listen the Bay Area I hope that they really really appreciate what they've had there for the last going on 10 plus years because the run that that organization's had has been really special. Yep. Opening Copes with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Voice of yours, Travis Schlenk on the UMA guest line. All right, I'll give you an either or here. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what's more fascinating in your mind? Is it Bob Myers on television or is it Bob Myers at the NFL Combine? It's got to be the NFL Combine. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that might be the case. I don't think anybody saw that one. As, as outlandish as Steph being a top 10 player all time, maybe that's on the table too. You know what I mean? From like yeah. 10 years ago. I will say when I read that Bob was helping uh, with the commander's uh, head coaching job, I sent him a text and I said, listen, I had an unbelievable record in Tecmo Bowl back in the day, if you want my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's in the neighborhood now. You can just say, hey, drop on by. Hey, come on in. We'll play some Tecmo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to play Madden, but I was really good at Tecmo. I get the Lions Man. is what you said. That's all you got to say is I get the Lions. Yeah, that was pretty much me, too. Very Sanders. Tecmo, That's was, it. Tecmo was the best. Uh, I was Knocked a, back a few Cle- beers. Cleveland Browns, Kevin Cleveland. Mack, Bernie Kozar. Man, we were yeah. good. I just wanted Bo Jack. I was going to say you could go with it. Bo also. Bo was pretty Bo, dominant yeah. in Tecmo. Bo was, but Bo was pretty good at Tecmo. <laughs> Bo was very good at Tecmo. Him and LT. Everybody, were... everybody under the age of 40 on a radio show just turned it off. They did. They're like, Tecmo, like a garbage. <laughs> We're talking about Tecmo. Oh, you don't get. You don't understand that crap. Like house music? <laughs> tecmo. tecmo. Oh, that was the best. Oh, we're talking to Travis Schlank, uh, Washington Wizards VP of Player Personnel. Uh, let me ask you about basketball just in general and kind of where you're at with, with the scoring has been insane this year. And, I, I mean, look, I played for Run TMC. Again, as I like to call it, run TTMC. But we were <laughs> we were high flying. But it's so different now because all the fast breaks and stuff lead to threes. So there's just so many more points being scored. And it's to the point now where I always I always make this analogy, Trav. Like I like ice cream, I don't like it a gallon at a time. I don't like games one forty to one forty eight, one forty five, one thirty eight. Like those games were always outliers. Now you can catch a couple of those games just about every night where it's like one thirty five, one twenty eight. Where are we at with this? I mean, are we making it too hard on the defense? Because in the history of the NBA, you've never had to cover more ground. You've never had to get out to more shooters. The the, the and if you beat a guy off a dribble, there's never been more room to operate. And it, so it's harder to defend now. I'm wondering, do we need to like make it easier on the defenses? I'm not saying going back to the 90s because that was just grotesque basketball. But it can't be just, hey, let's just go out there and make it a summer league where every game you have to score 120, 125 to win. Yeah, um, it's interesting, right? Because as you alluded to, like in the late 90s, um, early 2000s, there's this huge push for more scoring in the league. And they changed mm-hmm. a lot of rules uh, where you can't put your hands on offensive players. But what we've seen, so that's part of it, right? But mm-hmm. as you also said, what we've seen is now the skill level from all five positions on the floor is so much higher. And I'm not trying to detract from your generation at all. But when you were growing up, like your warm-up, like you were doing drop steps, you were doing up and unders, yep. like that was your yep. warm-up, right? Now you go to these games and you watch centers, they're all standing behind the three-point line. Like, that's their warm-up. It's just the emphasis of teaching kids is just gone a complete 180. So now we're kind of in a tough spot, right, where the floor is wide open, everybody that's standing behind that line, and if you leave them open, the vast majority of guys are going to be able to knock that down. So when you aren't allowed to be physical with guys on the perimeter – and they can get into the lane or get to the foul line or create opportunities for others. So I, 
I personally, uh, I don't know if the legal do this. I know that, you know, there's been lots of stories out there. The competition committee is looking at it. I think that they need to help defenders um, a little bit. Uh, there needs to be a little more physicality in the game. Now, we saw that a few years ago with, you know, a lot of the rip through stuff and some of the fouls that James Harden and Trey yep. Young were getting. So they've made an adjustment, but the, the skill level of these guys just by the way they're taught from, you know, their teenage years on up, it's it's just changed. And so they need to do something to help the defensive players uh, be effective. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned the skill level of today's players are better than they were in the 80s. And I, my, I've always uh, kind of, not really argued, but debated this point, because I think it depends on what you mean by skill. I think if you mean ball handling, shooting, then yes, they're way more uh, skilled. But here's the one thing, and this is where I defend the 80s players, when I look at the best players in that generation, maybe they couldn't shoot because they weren't asked to shoot. Nobody even thought of shooting uh, 10 three-pointers in a game. But what they did have, uh, aside from the you know mic and drills and drop steps, they had a mid-range game. They had fadeaway games. They had a post-up game. They could do stuff in the mid-range that most guys in the league can't do today because they don't ask them to do it. Because the league, the one thing about the league is there's a sameness to it. Everybody's looking for threes. Everybody's looking for points in the paint or get to the foul line. So I think from that standpoint, that skill level was much higher in the 80s because that was part of the game, whereas it's not part of the game. Like I think, the, I think players were more diverse in their skill set in the 80s because they had to be where they're not now because nobody asked them to do it. Well, and it, not to certainly not disrespect any of the players in the history league, but as what I tried to say is they're just taught differently now than they were taught. Yes. Um, you know, nobody was going to take Will Chamberlain, even if they would have when he was in high school and said, all right, we're going to put you on the perimeter and turn you into Chet Holgram. And believe me, Will Chamberlain <laughs> would have been 10 times better than Chet Holgram. But they didn't do that with him. It's like, you know what? You're going to dunk at it every single time because you're bigger, stronger, faster than everybody else. Like, that's, that's just the way it was. So the way kids are taught from a youth level all the way up is completely different than the way kids were taught in the 70s and 80s. Yes. Um, and, that, and that's, listen, whether you played in the 80s, the 90s, or the – 2000s like these are the best athletes and best basketball players in the world it's just how how they've been trained is completely changed no doubt about it no doubt about what do you think would happen if what do you think (laughs) what do you think would happen to the nba and what would happen to teams if they just came like opening night last night or opening night next year said you know what we're just going to take away the three-point line no more three-point line you guys deal with it what do you think the game would look like I mean, I think people still shoot it. I mean, you'd still see people <laughs> yeah, probably. shooting Twenty six foot right. two pointer. I don't know what else to do. Like that. Listen, that, that, <laughs> they the, don't know what else. It's gonna take a minute to <laughs> recalibrate. Yeah. <laughs> they would like listen, freak the way out, the like... rules. The way the rules are right now in the NBA, the only time, the only time you can be physical as a defensive player on the offensive player is when he has his back to the basket and within the lower defensive box. That's the only yep. time. Yep. Like, like that is, is insane. So if you catch the ball and you're five feet from the basket and you have your back to the basket and you go to traditional post-up, the defensive player could put a forearm and a hand in your back or one or the other, or both if he wants to. If you are the offensive player and you turn around from five feet and you face the basket, the defensive player can't touch you. Yep. Like, that's how kind of crazy it is right now and you have a huge advantage as an offensive player if you face the basket to get into the rim um yeah. and that's that's where we are they can't do i don't know if they can do this they, i think they outlawed this a while ago i don't know if they've reinstituted it, but you can't pull one of my favorite moves when somebody was posting me up i just stick my leg between their legs and just root them out and keep yeah. moving them up the lane yeah, and try to get them out as far as i that's a foul. Can you do that? Can you? That's a no, foul. That's, yeah, that sucks. That's oh, that's a, a bicycle yeah. seat. That's what we call that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, I used I to do that to Rick Smith. Pull the chair. I thought you. Were no, 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 no. I'd root him out. <laughs> Shoot, I'd have Rick Smith posting up at seventeen feet with Dick Brusace yelling at me. He can't do that. Look what he's doing. He can't do that. <laughs> I'd say, shut up, Versace. Let me do. Let me do my workout here. <laughs> uh, family he doing nice good. Perm, he did have a nice perm. Oh, his perm was brutal. Just I mean, brutal. You remember and the real quick, when, I'll give you... like 50% of NBA coaches had perms? Can we get oh back to that? Gosh. Can we put that rule back in? <laughs> yes, Fratello, Collins. We need to get Steve Kerr with a perm. Steve, <laughs> hey, be... listen, I don't have hair much like you, so I can't make fun of people, but Steve, for $17 million, should have to get a perm. He should. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell him that. I think, I think that's a good call. Hey, before I let you go, I'll give you this on the way out. Uh, I think I may have told you before, but uh, maybe the people who are listening might enjoy it. Uh, when I was playing for Skiles, uh, Skiles said uh, when Versace when Versace was coaching him, I'm, I'm stepping on my own punchline. Uh, so back then... You didn't fly private; you flew first class, and usually the the, if the the highest tenured players would get first class seats, and then everybody else would sit in in coach. Now, a lot of coaches would sit in a lot of coaches would sit in coach as well because look, six one, six two, they're not going to sit in first class; they're going to give it to their players. But some didn't; some wanted to sit in first class. But apparently, so Versailles sat in first class, and Skiles was next to him or across from him or whatever. And they were asking for dinner orders. What would you like for dinner? You know, do you want the chicken? Do you want the steak? Do you want this? Do you want that? So the stewardess back then, now flight attendant, don't want to get in trouble, uh, came up to uh, Versace and said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Versace, would you like the chicken or would you like the, the steak? And he had glasses on. So he took his glasses, lowered them down to the bridge of his nose, and he looked at her and he said, that's Versace. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, really? <laughs> and then put his glasses back up. I'll have the chicken. I'm like, oh, you kidding me with this? Like, that's Versace. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Go get your regular hair back. Trav, tell the family. Tell the family I said hi. We need to get together for a beer one of these days. But uh, thanks for coming on with us, man. We always appreciate the combo. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, have a good rest of the week. I guess we're, what, hump day today, Wednesday? All day. Yeah, something like that. Sounds good. Yeah, there you go. All right, fellas. See you later, <laughs> take, bro. Take it easy, Travis Schlenk, uh, the former oh, Warren's man. assistant GM, current uh, VP, VP of player personnel for the Washington Wizards. You missed any of that. Great breakdowns on what's going on with the Warriors and, uh, and sort of yep. some stuff on Jordan Poole to talk about him as a sixth man as well. When we come on back, we got some stuff to tell you about. about uh, well, we'll get into a little sound soiree momentarily here. Also, stay tuned, mm. 450 you're going to hear the head coach, the newly minted. I say minted because he's like gold-plated now. Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, joins us for his weekly conversation at 450. That's all coming up next, only here on the Sports Leader. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.